time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Uh, beautiful San Antonio. It's a gorgeous day today, in my opinion. At any rate, uh, on this April 24th, 2021, El Conservador brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News. I thank them for their sponsorship. We've got a slam bang show for you today, my friends. We've got uh, two individuals who are in the front lines of the battle. Uh, for border security and controlled immigration in Washington, D.C., and then uh, a very, two very special guests uh, who are talking to us about what they are facing at the front lines at the border. At the border, my friends. We've got, um, first of all, uh, speaking to us from D.C., we've got Mr. Ira Melman and Dave Ray, who are with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. They're going to be talking to us about uh, what uh, the Biden administration is up to in Washington, the uh, ridiculous policies that they are adopting and how it is impacting on encouraging illegal immigration, my friends. We constantly tell you here at our our show, uh, I tell everyone that uh, we've got a situation where we are encouraging illegal immigration. We're rewarding it. We have always looked at illegal immigration, my friends, as a tolerable crime, uh, allowing people to come across. Well, those days are gone. We can't do that anymore, my friends. We've got uh, the world coming in, and it's uncontrolled. And so uh, Myra and uh, Myra Melman and Dave Ray from FAIR are going to be chatting with us and explaining to us what, uh, what uh, these D.C. policies by these Democrats, by these socialist liberal Democrats, how they're impacting on us and how they are encouraging illegal immigration. Then we've got, my friends, very, very special guest. We've got Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, uh, Kenny County, Texas. And Sheriff Coe is going to tell us how aggressive, how uh, out of control uh, the illegal aliens are and the cartels are are in his community. He is uh, in a rural community, that uh, a county that's almost the size of the state of Rhode Island. And he has only six deputies to respond. In the meantime, the illegal aliens are pouring across and they are vandalizing and victimizing uh, the citizens in his county. And, uh, you know, th- this is this is the outrage, my friends, that our that our citizens are being victimized by foreigners and our federal government is doing zero about it. Then we've got a very special guest, Mr. Brent Smith. Brent is the Kenny County attorney, and he has put together a slam bang idea as to how counties in, uh, in, in, uh, along the border can address this problem. Well, not only along the border, but how they can address the problem. And he is fantastic. He is fantastic. You, you'll love hearing his plan. So without further ado, my friends, let's go to our show. Our first guest, uh, Ira Melman from, uh, from FAIR in Washington, D.C. Call your friends. Tell them to join us, my friends. It's a great show, I guarantee Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Ira Melman, with the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. And I had to reach out to him because um, 
he wrote an article uh, regarding one of the disturbing things that is going on in Washington, D.C., among the many things that are going on, as they relate to um, the uh, illegal alien crisis that we're facing down here in San Antonio uh, or in South Texas. Uh, and uh, we are going to be facing it all over the nation. I'm sure that it's already happening in other places. Ira, thank you for being with us. Welcome to the show. Uh, tell us about this Senate, uh, the Democrats' uh, push to make illegal alien amnesty, to make it part of this budget issue. Uh, explain well, it, that to us, please. Yeah, I, I, as you know, getting some kind of amnesty for illegal aliens passed is a very high priority for both the, uh, the Biden administration and congressional Democrats. They see this as a promise that they want to deliver on to the far left wing uh, of their party. And it, it is unlikely that under current Senate rules, and they don't uh, do away with the filibuster, that they're ever going to be able to get the 60 votes necessary to do it uh, legislatively, where both houses pass legislation. And so what the Democrats are trying to do, uh, it's being led by Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts and Alex Padilla, who was re- uh, Cal. California Democrat who replaced Kamala Harris in the Senate is to work around the current Senate rules by trying to get uh, an amnesty uh, in under the rubric of being a, a budget issue. And, and, you know, it really, really stretches logic to the breaking point. Uh, you know, what they are claiming is that you have many illegal aliens who are working here as essential workers, and they really broadly define essential workers, including running a laundromat is a, an essential worker uh, according to the legislation that they want to pass. And then they are justifying it as a budget issue by saying, uh, if all these people are not here working and paying taxes, uh, then we are not going to have tax revenues and we're not going to be able to fund other stuff. I I mean, it it is so stretched to the breaking point that it's almost laughable. And yet here we are, uh, given the current political climate, where whatever whatever it takes to get what you want, uh, you're prepared to do it, including defying all logic and breaking or bending whatever rules uh, exist in our in our uh, political system today. It, it's, you know, it, it really, really is uh, disturbing the disrespect that they have for American workers in one way, because, uh, I mean, supposedly the Democratic Party was supposed to be the party of the of the American worker. Yet, uh, you know, here they are uh, crashing down the gates to uh, to support illegal immigration or illegal aliens. Uh, on top of that is this whole issue of um, you're going to be rewarding, you're literally rewarding illegal immigration by granting them amnesty. I mean, uh, they didn't have to stand in line. They didn't have to go to the pro- through any process. You're going to, uh, you know, proper process, should I say, uh, and you're just going to reward it. I mean, how does that stand? Well, it, it stands because you have uh, people in Congress today that no longer care about the rules. All they care about is winning. And you see that uh, throughout the political system today. It, it doesn't matter whether you're playing by any kind of rules or you're just making them up as you go along. The objective here is to get what you want uh, at all costs. And unfortunately, that is where we're headed as a nation, not just on immigration. Uh, and, and this is just the, a, one more logical extension of that. If you, know, if you want to get amnesty through and you you can't muster the necessary votes to do it the, the proper way, uh, then you invent 
different ways to get around the rules. Uh, and you're right. I mean, there is no justification for amnesty. The American public did not elect Joe Biden to be the president to grant an amnesty to millions and millions of people here in the United States. Uh, and yet he is being pressed by the far left fringe of his party to do precisely that. And look, I mean, we, we see the results every day uh, since he has taken office. Uh, the border is out of control. You have uh, unspeakable speakable abuse of children at the hands of smugglers. Uh, it, it, it's just a mess down there. You guys look closer to it than any any of the rest of us. Uh, and there's no indication that they're prepared to stop because it suits a political end. You know, the other aspect of it is, which is really, really, I mean, it, it shows the hypocrisy, is uh, how uh, uh, Kamala Harris as vice president has already been told publicly by the president that she should have come down here. And she has refused. She has said that it's uh, that she's going to look at the core problem rather than the uh, rather than come down and look, I guess, at the fringe problem, which we which we are here, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, she's a smart politician. She doesn't want to touch this issue. Uh, I, I'm not sure if she ever wanted the president to hand it to her in the first place, so she's doing her best to avoid it. But it, it, there, look, she's talking about, you know, we have to address the root causes of migration, uh, that we're going to go down there and we're going to solve Central America's problems for them, and then the migration will stop. Uh, it, it, there's a word for that. It's hubris. Uh, you know, the idea that we can fix the problems of Central America, when we can't even fix the problems we got right here in the United States. Uh, it is illogical, more, more illogic that we're seeing. Uh, we are not going to fix what ails Central America. Uh, it really is up to the Central Americans. Uh, it's time for the people in Central America to say, we've had enough of the corruption, we've had enough of the crime, we've had enough of, of all this other stuff, and we are going to make some changes. That's the way things change in the world. Uh, you know, when Black Boas and Solidarity decided they had enough of communism, they actually stood up and did something. Nelson Mandela, you know, he sat for 27 years in prison. Eventually things changed. It's not going to change by Kamala Harris going down there with $4 billion and saying, here, fix everything, uh, or by everybody picking up and leaving Central America and coming to the United States. Nothing is going to change that way until the people who are on the front lines, who are being subjected to this kind of abuse, make the changes themselves. Yeah, it's amazing. It is, it is really disturbing and shocking, you know, the arrogance and attitude that we are seeing from Washington regarding this problem here. Um, yeah, uh, they have no intention uh, of fixing it. Look, I, you know, I think it's becoming apparent as we move along here that the chaos that we're experiencing at the border is not just incompetence. Uh, this is a design, uh, a design policy that they actually want to basically sink the ability of the United States to control its borders, and they are uh, perpetuating policies uh, that are leading to the fact that we are having uh, all these people come up, that the system is overwhelmed. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're three months into this now, and it's becoming more and more evident that this is actually by design, not by happenstance. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we are seeing it from, from the perspective down here. It, it certainly appears like there is every effort to, uh, to uh, create the chaos and to not uh, and not deport these people. I mean, not to stop them in any form or fashion or even discourage them. Right. The, the administration could stop it. I mean, they're now talking about resuming some of these agreements that we had with Central American governments under the Trump administration, uh, maybe even the Remain in Mexico policy. Uh, first of all, they never should have done away with those policies in the first place. They were working 
working and effectively controlling the border. It wasn't perfect. There were still people coming. Uh, the numbers were going up, but it wasn't the chaos that we're seeing now. Uh, so the, this administration came in with the intent to take a wrecking ball to everything that was there, and we are paying the consequences. And if they, if they didn't want the current situation, then they would take the steps necessary to fix it. They, they would simply stop allowing people to come across the border. Uh, they would stop uh, telling people uh, that if your kids get to the United States, they will be allowed to stay. All of these things have created the problem. The president of Mexico has said Joe Biden created the problem. The president of Guatemala has said Joe Biden created the problem. He created this problem. He can end the problem if he chooses to. You know, one more thing before we go is is the reporting by the mainstream media. As I talk to people across the country, I am recognizing more and more that a lot of folks uh, are telling me on social media that they are hearing very, very little from the mainstream media about what is actually happening down here, and uh, it's very sketchy. That's true. I mean, in addition to have having Congress uh, bend and break every rule and ignore all sorts of things because it suits their ideological ends, uh, the media have become so ideologically inclined that they are not prepared to report things that don't suit their political ends. Uh, so we have a media that deliberately withholds information or reports partial information as it suits their ideological ends. And that's another dangerous aspect uh, of where we're headed in the United States. We don't have an honest fourth of the state anymore. Uh, they have become part of the problem. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of get your news from a variety of different sources because you're only going to find certain parts of the truth in one place and certain parts in the other. You're going to have to connect the dots yourself. Uh, and it is really, that is really disturbing. It's really shocking, you know, to the, that, that we're ending up in this situation and that the facts of what is happening at our borders are not being reported. It, it just is, it, it, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Anything else you'd like to share with us before we go, buddy? I, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much, Ira. Tell the folks how they can support uh, FAIR. It's uh, fairus.org. That's F-A-I-R-U-S.org. Uh, all the information about uh, what is going on and also how you can make a difference is, is there, fairus.org. You got it. Thank you very, very much. We've been speaking with our good friend Ira Melman from the Federation for Immigration for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. Thanks a lot, Ira. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our good friend Dave Ray from the uh, Federation for, Im for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. And uh, we hear a lot from the folks out here in the, in, in, in the uh, front lines, but uh, the front lines are also right there in Washington, D.C. on the Potomac. And uh, a lot of things happen there that we sometimes don't understand or don't know about. 
and uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask Dave to please tell us a little bit about how we've gotten this mess down here because uh, it seemed to be under control under the Trump administration because of some agreements, yes, agreements with uh, Latin America, with Central America and Mexico. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Talk to us. What has happened that this situation that we've got now, it just seems to be escalating? Hey, George, great to be with you again, buddy. Well, I'll tell you, what seems to have happened here, this would be a classic case of Trump derangement syndrome. You know, when the Biden administration came in, instead of heeding the advice of people like Mark Morgan, who was leading the Customs and Border Protection and saying, you know, look at some of these important agreements that are in place and that have virtually stopped illegal immigration uh, for the course of the last year, which is why, you know, immigration was hardly even an issue in the presidential race. Uh, the Biden administration just assumed that everything that President Trump and his administration had put in place was not only bad policy, but it was actually evil. So they took a wrecking ball to it. They destroyed agreements that we had with Mexico, uh, the called MPP or, or the Remain in Mexico policy that had completely stopped catch and release because it allowed people who had val- uh, valuable and, and, and true asylum claims uh, to place those claims and then remain in Mexico uh, far from the countries they were fleeing, awaiting their hearings in the United States. Now, that sometimes that waiting period could be eight to ten months because our immigration courts were backlogged, but these folks were, were not being forced to stay in the countries where they were claimed to be you know, persecuted. The other thing they did was abolish these agreements that we had with Central American countries that said the first safe country you step foot in is where you need to ask for political asylum. Uh, we have a similar agreement with Canada. And so what that meant is that if you're in Honduras and you decide that you are being persecuted by your government and need to flee for your life, the first country after you leave Honduras that you step foot in is where you have to ask for asylum. So that would have been Guatemala in that case. Uh, but what we, what we have now is since you know, they abolished all of those policies, now the Biden administration was kind of caught in a, in a, in a bit of a, of a fib over the weekend because they claimed that the agreements that they abolished with our Central American neighbors like Guatemala and Honduras and Mexico uh, are now back in place and that Guatemala and Honduras have actually agreed to put their military on their borders and beef up their police action to try to staunch the flow of illegal immigrants northward. The fly in the ointment is that uh, public officials from both Guatemala and Honduras have come out and said no such agreements exist. So it's almost like the Biden administration is acknowledging that the Trump policies were were smart policy and were effective, and they claim to have reenacted them, but the countries that are involved are saying uh, no such thing exists. I mean, the, the one positive step I would say that has happened over the last couple of weeks has been that President Biden himself has now used the word crisis when referring to what's going on in the border. Now, I don't know if it's because of some prompting from people in his parties. I mean, Senator Tim Kaine uh, of Virginia, a Democrat, said, I don't think the Biden administration should just wholesale say we're getting rid of all the Trump policies. Uh, Senator Tester, a Democrat from Montana, 
said, you know, quote, working with the folks south of the border to make sure folks don't come is smart politics. You know, I think the president has realized that there is a, uh, a growing uh, fissure in his own party that he's being called out on it, and now they're scrambling. The bad news is that nobody in Central America seems to be listening. I mean, we have 20,000 unaccompanied minors in custody right now. March numbers, 171,000 apprehensions. Democrat uh, members of Congress along the the U.S.-Mexico border there in the Rio Grande Valley are screaming because their constituents are, you know, taking, are, are taking the brunt of the influx as these folks come into the country and then are dispersed throughout the nation, most often without a COVID test. So it's a real crisis that they've created and not one that the Biden administration really needed to have to go through. That's amazing. Now, one of the things that I have also been reading is um, uh, our illustrious uh, Democrat congressman here in San Antonio, Joaquin Castro, among others, uh, have started talking about uh, an amnesty uh, legislation, pushing through some legislation that includes amnesty. They don't uh, they don't talk about for whom or to what limit or anything. They just talk. And when you talk about amnesty, I mean, that only fuels more people wanting to get here and partake in it, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, George. The, un- the interesting thing about this amnesty bill, first of all, it was touted by President Biden when he was a candidate as something that he would support. Uh, and in the past, when people have tried to make arguments for amnesty, it's like these are hardworking people who've been here for five or ten years and are living in you know, living in the shadows and paying taxes and so on and so forth. When the Democrats introduced the amnesty bill after Biden took office, it includes everyone who's been in the country as of January 1st of this year. Oh, my gosh. Talk about incentivizing illegal immigration. Uh, and, you know, it's we're talking about 14 and a half million people, but there's a bigger number out there that people really need to think in mind. So if you take 14 and a half million illegal immigrants and you put them on a path to citizenship, so these are all people who came here illegally and now they're getting exactly what they wanted without having to wait in line for it or without having to pay for it. Once they get their U.S. citizenship, which could be as soon as you know five to six years, we estimate, this is a fair estimate, that as many as 52 million of their relatives could could then be in line uh, for potential entry into the United States downstream, uh, and they would be benefiting from the illegal act of their relative. Now, you want to talk about turning the immigration issue on its head. I mean, not only is this not in the national interest, this is a slap in the face to legal immigrants, some of whom some of whom have waited a decade or two to come into the United States. Uh, it is just outrageous. And so the policy of you know, pushing forth an amnesty bill in January, along with completely dismantling immigration and customs uh, enforcement at the border and in the interior, uh, destroying all of these agreements, now the Biden administration even wants to do away with the word illegal alien and assimilation. So, I mean, it really sends a strong signal that there's a new sheriff in town. And uh, you know, both the, the president of Mexico was very clear. It's like, you know, the Biden administration has created the expectation that people are going to be able to get away with this. And that's exactly what's going on. 
it, it is so disturbing. It is absolutely disturbing to see what is happening. I mean, it really, okay. really is. Um, buddy, anything else that you'd like to, to share with us that you'd like to add? Um, well, I mean, you know, to kind of add insult to injury, George, there are two bills that are going to be voted on today on Capitol Hill. One of them is the No Ban Act. That would make it virtually impossible for any president of any party in the future to restrict the entry of potential potential national security threats. So if a president, you know, we, this was put in law to protect the American people, uh, they would do away with the ability uh, to do that. The other one is called the Access to Counsel Act, which would completely plug up our ports of entry because anybody who's trying to come into the United States as a visitor or otherwise and would be flagged for secondary inspection. In other words, the uh, CDP or, or Customs sees something about this person or where they're coming from or something doesn't. If they're flagged for secondary inspection, they would be automatically entitled to a taxpayer-funded lawyer. And you want to talk about something that is going to choke the court systems to death, this is going to do it. In the middle of the biggest immigration crisis in two decades, Congress is going to vote on both of these bills today, and they are both likely to pass. Incredible. I mean, really, really, because, I mean, which, who is, which illegal alien is not going to challenge, yeah. uh, you know, the system if they don't like the outcome? I mean, really. Yeah, and, and you and I get to pay for their lawyer. Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you, my friend. We've been talking with Dave Ray the, uh, with uh, the Federation for Immigration, uh, for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. Dave, thank you very, very much for spending some time with us. You bet, George. Have a great day, my friend. You too. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. All right, my friends, you've heard uh, from Ira Melman and Dave Ray uh, with FAIR, with Federation for Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. Uh, you've heard what is happening in D.C. and what is what the policies are that are provoking, yes, provoking, encouraging this illegal immigration and what we are doing or not doing to curtail it, to stop it, to discourage it, to uh, prevent it. Uh, we are just going to be sending more money to Central America. I mean, don't we already give them enough money for uh, uh, in foreign aid? Now we're going to give them money. Uh, it, it's like a shakedown, my friends. It's like an international shakedown. And uh, we need to stop that. We need to stop that. So uh, now we're going to hear from two people who are at the front lines at the border, at the border. Sheriff Brad Coe. Uh, from Kenny County, Texas, and he is going to talk to us, my friends, about the problems that he sees with crime, vandalism, the victimization of citizens on our side of the border, taxpayers who are being uh, assailed by this illegal immigration invasion, by the cartels, and what he is trying to do with uh, a limited number of, of deputies. He is uh, he, he has to cover a, a, a uh, county uh, the size of, of Rhode Island with six deputies, my friends, with six deputies. My friends, our frontier, our border is vulnerable. We need a wall. We desperately need a wall. We need more manpower. And not only that, 
but we need the ability to punish illegal immigration. We need the ability to punish it. Otherwise, all we're doing is just redistributing all these illegal aliens throughout the country, which is exactly what the Biden administration is doing, redistributing them throughout the country. So uh, we're going to hear from Sheriff Cope. Our, our closing guest is Brent Smith, who is the attorney for the county, for Kenny County, Texas. And Brent has, has developed an idea that has caught fire, uh, an idea of how counties can declare a state of, uh, of emergency regarding the issues of health, regarding the issues of crime, regarding this illegal alien invasion. And I guarantee, my friends, that it's catching on uh, 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 several counties in Texas are starting to sign on and, uh, and support it. Because, my friends, something needs to be done. Hopefully, hopefully the state legislature, and we really need the state legislature to step up uh, in Austin, Texas, to, uh, to help with manpower, with uh, the, the highway patrol, with uh, money, uh, overtime money uh, for, the, for the deputies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we also, my, my friends, need very specially... We need the federal government to start stepping up and punishing illegal immigration. We need them to stop because as long as that happens, the only thing that the Border Patrol is going to be doing is catching and releasing all of these illegal aliens. That doesn't do us any good. So without further ado, my friends, let's go to our next two guests, uh, Brad Coe, the sheriff of Kenny County, Texas, and Brent Smith, the attorney for Kenny County, Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer in San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, our good friend, Sheriff Brad Coe from uh, Kenny County, Texas, just west of us here. Uh, and uh, Kenny County uh, is one of those counties that has been impacted tremendously by uh, the border crisis. So uh, we had uh, the, the sheriff on about uh, a few months ago when things were still a little bit uh, more calm than they are now. and uh, But I've, we've been hearing uh, stuff, Sheriff, from, our, from some of uh, the ranchers out there, from some of the citizens and residents. We wanted you to give us uh, an update of what is happening, because I understand that uh, Kenny County might be uh, uh, asking for a declaration of an emergency because of uh, the problems that you've got. Good morning. How you been doing? Um, yeah, we're, we're looking at a... Uh declaring a state of emergency for the county. The amount of alien traffic that illegals running through the county, destroying property, cutting fence lines is, I would say, unprecedented. I, I hadn't seen anything like this in 35 years being here. Uh, every day it's a pursuit. Every day it's an alien smuggling event where they're running through the fences. They're bailing out on us. And it's tying up my, man, my manpower and Border Patrol manpower. And it's affecting me to the point where I can't have my deputies out doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, looking for drugs, assisting people on the side of the road, answering calls here in town, because we're always being called for backup. Wow. And so, uh, in your opinion, what, uh, I mean, has, what has changed? The volume of people, or, or is it, um, you know, the intensity? Uh, have have uh, these uh, migrants gotten much more uh, bolder? I mean, what, what has changed? It's a, it's a combination of all three. Uh, with the new administration, somewhere somebody down the road interpreted that President Biden told everybody to come this way. And so with the cartels and the smugglers in Mexico are taking advantage of that, and they're spreading their own rumors to get people to come up here and, and 
pay the fees to get here. Uh, and the ones that are walking through the ranches are getting a lot bolder. Uh, they're, de- they're going up to houses and demanding food, demanding water, demanding uh, transport to San Antonio or Houston and various other places throughout the country. It's to the point where uh, had calls, a couple of ranchers have had to pull firearms to get these people to get away from their housing compounds. Uh, one of the ranchers the other day, there was a group of three was standing on her porch. She was telling them to leave. They just looked at her like, no, you're going to give us food. She had to pull out her gun get them to leave wow wow um, that that that's that really there's another place just uh, east of town where in the past 60 days it's probably going to 75 days now but he's had almost 100 encounters with uh groups of illegal aliens walking through the, the property cutting fences demanding water the same the same story so they're getting braver they're getting more brazen about it. they act like they, they they're entitled to this and so it's tying all of us up where we can't effectively do what we're supposed to be doing. You know, um, tell us about the the amount of manpower that you've got on your share uh, as far as deputies, because I mean, not only is it is it a rural county, you're a very very large county. I mean, you're probably larger than than many many people can even imagine uh, in other parts of the of the country, uh, and for a, a, a limited number of deputies to cover that much ground, uh, it's got to be a challenge. But for, you know, to put it in, in perspective, uh, we're the 27th largest in the state. Uh, we are bigger than, than Rhode Island, and I have to cover all this with six full-time deputies. Oh, my gosh. So it's 30, almost 1,400 square miles. 30, the population is 3,500, but we still have to cover all of it. Everybody's entitled to the, what they pay for, so we have to try to patrol some of these outlying areas. But with this current uh, rush of immigrants, we can't. We're busy. Uh, assisting DPS or Border Patrol and, and, uh, and their attempts to kind of control this. Wow. So uh, what do you see, I mean, in this, uh, what do you see as a, as a solution for this situation right now? And, and what is this uh, declaration about? What, uh, what, what are you asking the governor to do? Well, the, the solution, you know, of course, I, I've had conversations with some of the representatives at the local, state, local, and federal level. The laws are on the books. The policies are in place. They just need to be followed. We don't need to change the policy or change the law for any of this. The laws are already there. Uh, the declaration of, of uh, emergency that we're looking at is we're going to declare a state of emergency because we are overwhelmed. Uh, this will give us additional, uh, I'm not going to say powers, but additional authority to to uh, try to stem and try to protect the people of Kenny County. Trying to get the governor's attention, trying to get the attorney general's attention that we have a problem here. Uh, we might be asking for them to send in the National Guard uh, or extra funding, or we maybe get some law enforcement officials from the interior of the state to come down and assist one or two weeks at a time until we can get this under control. Uh, a friend of mine kind of put it as it's like being a one-legged man at a, at a dance contest. We're just going 90 to nothing here, and working 60, 70 hours a week. My deputies are tired. They need time off. They need time to decompress and uh, uh, take some time off and be with family. But uh, working 60, 70 hours a week, there's no time. Gosh, you know, and, and I would imagine that other other counties along the border, not to mention further in, uh, are, are facing a similar situation than you guys, right? Uh, everybody, it seems everybody in the state is facing this. I had a conversation with the sheriff of Goliad County the other day, and... Goliad's up by 
by Victoria just outside Houston a couple hours. And he's having pursuits. He's having bailouts. He's finding stash houses. Uh, he's finding where the, the, the illegals have been stashed in a house. They're finding parts of stolen vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. And we're talking three hours from the border. So it's affecting the, the interior of the state, too. So this kind of a situation, I'm sure, of, of the um, uh, impact, I mean, not only social services, but uh, the legal, the justice system, the, uh, the crime, uh, yep. it won't be very, very long before other counties begin to experience it, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, it's to the point where I know everybody from McAllen to El Paso is experiencing it. Uh, we had one yesterday that, uh, of course, you see, it was two women and three kids had been abandoned at one of the roadside parks. The oldest kid, I think, was five or six. Uh, evidently, the, the smuggler got spooked, stopped on the side of the road, kicked them out of the car, and went on, and left them on their own. And we posted it on Facebook. We've had about 20,000 uh, hits on it. And they tried to tell us that they'd been walking through the brush for three days, but their clothes were immaculate, their shoes were new, hair hadn't been messed up. So we know they were dumped on the side of the road. And for somebody to dump out two women and three kids, it's pretty calloused, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the, the fact that we're, that uh, so many kids are being found like, lately uh, alone and uh, abandoned is uh, is also very, very disturbing on that aspect. I would, you know, and, you know that, in my career, that's one thing I never saw was kids being abandoned like that. That's very, very interesting. Tell us a little bit about what you used to see I mean, because when I worked, obviously, I mean, when I grew up uh, in, in, in South Texas, I mean, I, I remember uh, the mojados, as we used to call them, yeah. running away, you know, hiding. But uh, that just doesn't seem to be the, the case anymore, as well as these are not Mexicans. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, years back, when I was with the Border Patrol, we saw big groups. We saw influxes. You know, it wasn't uncommon to catch a group of 40 or 50 in this part of the, of the state. Um for the most part, they were all hardworking adult males. I mean, you shake hands with them, talk to them. The hands were rough and calloused, and, and uh, but they were polite, they were respectful, and we, we treated them the same way. Now you catch some of them, their hands are softer than, than a doctor's hands because they haven't ever worked. Uh, they act like they're entitled to something, and it, it, makes for, it makes for a stressful situation because now they want to run, now they want to fight. Used to, you walk into a group, talk to them for a minute, Everybody get up, they'd follow you back to the truck, get in the truck, go to the office. Now they want to run. Now they want to fight. And they scatter, and, and uh, you'll have 10 scatter in 20 different directions, and you're out there by yourself. Hey, what do you do? Wow, that's amazing. Uh, Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time from your busy schedule. I know how busy you guys must be at this point. Um, anything else you'd like to share with us before we go? Uh, I want to thank you for giving me for giving me this opportunity. Uh this is one of the things I think eventually we'll get through it. We just got to get everybody's attention one way or another and uh, get some support down here. You got it. I think we'll, I think we'll see it through. It's just going to take some time. You got it. We've been talking with uh, Kenny County, Texas Sheriff Brad Coe uh, about the, the impact of the border crisis on his county. Thank you very much, uh, Sheriff. Well, thank you. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? 
Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, a new guest with us and uh, a very special guest. I am very, very impressed with this gentleman. It's uh, Mr. Brent Smith, who is the uh, county county uh, attorney for Kenny County, Texas. Now, Kenny County, Texas is uh, right on the border. We've spoken with the sheriff of Kenny, Kenny County, uh, Mr. Brad Coe. And uh, we, uh, I, I wanted to reach out to, to uh, Brent because they have taken, he has taken a stand. He's drafted a letter, my friends, that uh, really, really, uh, in my opinion, is very, very explosive as far as uh, demanding that something be done for this, uh, for this uh, crisis that we've got going at the border. So, Brent, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. First of all, let's talk about what is happening in your backyard there in Kenny County that prompted you to put together a letter, and who is this letter going to? Thanks, thanks, George, for having me. Um, well, you know, I, uh, I became county attorney in January, and it, it's been a pretty big transition from oil and gas to going into criminal law, and, and that's where I originally practiced from. And I was born and raised in Brackettville and Kinney County. And, uh, you know, since taking office, I've always known that, you know, illegal aliens were, were an issue in this county. But here recently, right before the presidential election, it has literally exploded. I mean, we, we're having, you know, pursuits on Main Street of our small town. But like the other day, we had a 70-mile-per-hour pursuit down the Main Street of Brackettville. We had a bailout. Another, on another occasion, we had a bailout right on the courthouse steps of the lawn. Illegal aliens were actually running through uh, the, the courthouse lawn all through the town. I mean, it's it's literally like an invasion, something you would you normally think you would see on a like, red dawn or something. It's it's ridiculous. And I just I as a private citizen before I took office, I was already pretty uh, upset about the whole situation. And as county attorney, I was like, you know, what can I do for this issue? And um, I guess you classify a county attorney as a politician since we're actually elected. Um, but you know, one thing I've always despised in politicians is you know they'll say the right things to get elected, but then once they're elected. If an issue comes up, it might be a little rough for them to handle, or, or they're afraid to stand up. They, they they just fold. And I, you know, I refuse to be one of those politicians. I'll, uh, you know, if it, if there's something that's unpopular, to take a stance on. And I ran on that stance. I'm not going to change my stance on it. You know, I'll be, I won't be reelected if that's the case. But I'm not going to change who I am or my stances on what I want to do. And so with illegal immigration, uh, that's one of the things that I, there's something that we have to do. And as county attorney, the only thing I, the first, the only thing I could do was uh, I drafted an open letter for publication, basically addressing the issue. And one of the main things in the letter that I discuss, I mean, it's it's a two-page letter that basically gives you a pretty good realistic viewpoint of what the conditions on the ground are. And then I go into certain legal aspects of what can the state of Texas do? Because in my opinion, the federal administration right now with Biden is not going to be enforcing the borders anytime soon. and what really prompted me actually to write the letter is I was at the Border Patrol station talking to some of the agents there trying to get some help with certain things. And one of the agents told me, he said, you know, we're only three months into a four-year term. 
And when it, whenever he said that, it hit me like, this is not sustainable for four years. We cannot do this. We will lose our country. We'll lose our state. We'll lose our county. It won't look the same way. And so that's what prompted me to draft this letter. Uh, and in the letter itself, what, what I'd go into is the, the federal government under the Constitution is given certain exclusive authorities where only the federal government has a certain power. And under the Constitution, the only exclusive authority with immigration is they have the exclusive authority to draft the immigration and naturalization laws, actually, to where if you want to become a U.S. citizen, here's the steps you have to follow. And the reason the founders did that is because they didn't want one set of rules that Texas came up with, one set of rules for Oklahoma. They wanted a uniform procedure of all the states, which is, you know, logical. Um, but as far as enforcement of the border and enforcement of the laws, that's not exclusively given to the federal government. The state of Texas can also enforce those laws. And in fact, in 1915, the Texas Rangers used to do the same thing. They would enforce the laws, take immigrants back into Mexico that were legal, and, you know, they did everything. And nothing in the Constitution has changed since 1915, but the policies have. But there's a difference between policies or executive orders, as we know now, versus what's law. Congress is the only body that can make law, not the president, not a court, Congress. So, to me, the law hasn't changed since, you know, 1915. Texas did it then. They can do it now. And so my call is for Texas, Governor Abbott, or, and if he doesn't do it, the counties. The counties can form a coalition among themselves and enforce the law, the immigration law that's on the books. And so that's what the letter goes into. Um, and this, uh, and Kidney County actually today declared a, a declaration of local state of disaster. And what prompted that was a small snowball that started from Goliad County contacting me after they saw my letter on the internet somewhere. And the county judge called me and he said, you know, this is ridiculous. And, and he, literally he was pretty pissed off and he had every right to be. It's his county all the way in Goliad is having bailouts now, something they've never seen. So he, he came down the next day. He drove four hours to meet with us in person at the, our county courthouse. And we kind of came up with a plan like, what, is, or we, what are we going to do with the county or counties in Texas? And we're trying to form basically an alliance with a coalition of counties to hopefully spur the governor or Paxton or someone up in Austin to do something. And this is just the first step that we're trying to do at this point. But I think it's a good first step. And so far, we have uh, commitments from over 20 counties in Texas that are declaring a local state of disaster today. And there's going to be a much more to follow. You know, some have some judges are out of the office. Some have commission courts meetings. Uh, within the next 10 days, I think we're going to have well over 20 counties at least on the border declaring a local state of disaster. And hopefully that's going to get enough attention to get something done. Wow. This is, you know, this is really, really interesting because uh, as I talk to people across the country, I mean, I was talking to ranchers in Arizona yesterday or on Monday, should I say, and uh, everyone is, you know, uh, pulling their hair out and wringing their hands um, because no one is really sure exactly, you know, what can be done. And we've seen the Obama administration slap down some states uh, who tried to do something in the past. But uh, it sounds like this is, you know, this could really, really have the potential to uh, to uh, get going and get something done. Um, what uh, what are the conditions like right now in, uh, you know, you having been born and raised uh, on the border? I mean, you know, like me, I uh, I remember, you know, the the mojados, as we used to call them, used to run away. Right. <laughs> oh, no. You know, and here's the perfect example. Last night. um you know, we have a ranch outside of Brackettville here, 
at our front gate to the to the ranch is probably oh you know fifty yards from the house. And uh, I have I have a lot of cellular cameras on on the front gate and other gates around the ranch. That they'll text me a picture as soon as it's taken, like in real time. Last night at midnight, there's a picture of, uh, of a group of ten illegals walking by. I mean, that's within fifty yards of the house. You know, there's little children here. There's dogs. You know, with my family. I mean, that's pretty much your backyard in Texas. Uh, that was last night. And then this morning, I get another picture of another group of illegals uh, walking on the ranch road, and we call Border Patrol. And they're they're swamped. They don't even have anyone to send. In fact, I, we met with some border patrol. We met with border patrol yesterday in the county courthouse, and they told us in this sector that Kenny County partially is in right now. So many border patrol agents are processing that there are only three three agents in the field. That's it. And and the sector next to us, west in Comstock, there are zero agents in the field. Zero. There is no border patrol in the field. They're all busy processing. Now, let that sink in. There are, if you have three agents in the field, a sector size of this, you might as well have zero. How many? That's not going to do anything. How large? Now we have zero border patrol agents present. How large of a county is Kenny County? Give give us oh, perspective. Man, that, that's a good question. I don't. I can't give you a square mile. I mean, for as far as Texas goes, it's a medium-sized county. Uh, Which is pretty big. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 it's pretty big. I um, mean, population-wise, you know, there's not it's not populated like, you know, the middle or east Texas. But uh, it, it's, you know, I, I, if I had to guess, there's probably, you know, 4,000 people in the county, mm-hmm. uh, possibly five. Uh, it, you know, it, it'll take you a good 45 minutes to drive through it. And how many deputies, um, how many sheriff's deputies are there? Uh, you know, that's a good question. That's something that Brad Kill, our sheriff, would be able to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I if I had a guess, probably five. Gosh, so I mean, somebody that when someone if somebody had a major uh, a major issue a major confrontation, it would take a while. Uh, it might right. take a while for, for for there to be a response. All right. Well, today with a you know the the, the picture that I got today, the legals crossing the ranch road or in the ranch. I called the, the sheriff and border patrol, and they don't have anybody. No one no one's able to be sent. Nobody. Wow. In fact, my brother wanted to go. And, and try to, and take them to show them exactly where there are. And uh, he called the local sheriff. He called DPS. He called Border Patrol. All of them were actually busy on bailouts and something else. They're just, I mean, and bless your heart, they're doing everything they can. It is by no means a lack of effort. They just do not have the resources. So, you know, here we go. With, we, so we had illegals. We call all law enforcement. No one's there to help. Nobody. Uh, and wow. we, can't, we can't arrest them ourselves. Gotcha. Uh, so... Uh, yeah. one, let, let, we've got to conclude, but real quick, once more, summarize what you hope will happen with, with this letter. I hope this letter, and, and more, more so than the letter, this local state of disaster, legally, it triggers, the, it triggers a response from the Governor Abbott. I hope Governor Abbott and Paxton will send the necessary boots on the ground, and not more DPS, but we need actual boots on the ground in, in, in the border area to enforce the border at the border not chase them once they cross, but try to enforce it at the border. And there's actually a bill in the House right now that's being held up by uh, Chairman Patty and the State Affairs Committee that would fix this issue. But for some reason, a Republican is not letting the bill out of committee, wow. which blows my mind. And I've contacted his office numerous times and never got a hold of anybody. But Chairman Patty needs to step up and do something about this and let that bill get to the House for a floor vote. 
Wow. Brett, thank you very, very much to uh, for, for taking time to be with us, folks. We've been speaking with um, Brent Smith. He is the county attorney for Kenny County in, uh, in here in Kenny County, Texas. And um, he has put together a letter, my friends, that I think uh, is going to shake some. It's going to shake the tree. Brent, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer.